Hey you. Yeah, you. The one trying to make a video game. I've got someone here that can help you, and that someone is Intel, which is not a someone, it's a company. But this company, they are going to help you as if they were a somebody and a someone and also a something. Check out software.intel.com slash gamedev to find out how Intel is making sure all the innovation in gaming continues to happen on the PC as part of the Intel Game Dev program. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Sign up and start something new. Ready? I'm ready. Somebody, yep. some, something's sounding real clicky on my end. Uh, yeah. If you uh, remember, if you use the keyboard or if you, uh, you know, doing anything else, just mute yourself in cast. That's the best way to do it. Um, okay. Five, four, three. All right, welcome back. This is day four of the Games Beat Decides Game of the Year podcast. Uh, we, we're going to go over three topics today. Uh, 2017 was the year of, uh, and then there's an ellipsis there. Me. Best new character. And uh, you're not an ellipsis, Mike. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. And then the most beautiful game uh, is the last, the last one there. Um, I'm sure we'll find plenty of other time for the topic of yelling at Mike. Um, I... We should just hop right in because we're running like it's it's getting late on a Friday. Mike is Eastern time, so it's like it really is the weekend for him already. So let's just do this and let's try to make it as efficient as possible. Uh, before we hop in, though, uh, let's do introductions. With me for this episode is myself, Jeffrey Grubb, and let's start with Mike. Go ahead and say hi, Mike. Hi, I'm Mike, and maybe I could be an ellipsis if some people believed in me. Never going to happen. Rowan? Hi, Rowan is here. And Dean, Dean, are you here? I am here. Can you hear me? This is the best. If you're watching on video, he's holding a Guitar Hero microphone, and it's making my day. All right, um, let's hop right. He has a microphone, I guess. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it's better than better than normal. Um, Oh man, I'm gonna start singing soon. Yeah, do it, Dean. If only. (laughs) Don't make any promises you can't keep. (laughs) Man, yeah, this is gonna be our karaoke episode. Um, Okay, let's let's just start with trends. so I, I make this, 2017 was the year of, I feel like, you know, there was one year this category got started because it was 20, like so some year was the year of the bow. And then every year since that, it's been like some negative thing. And I think 2017 might continue that trend. Um, it, does anyone have anything here that's like, that jumps out of them that they want to start with? Um, I thought, I don't know. I feel like this is just kind of the year of Nintendo in some ways in, in okay. a non-negative way, right? Sure. Yeah. That may explain. Well, it's just they, it's kind of just goes on with what we kind of said, you know, company year or whatever, but Nintendo's just had a phenomenally good year with launching a system that almost is kind of, you know, has more sales or, or is catching up to the sales of its last system, which was this big, you know, failure, and also launching two of the kind of most critically acclaimed games of the years, excuse me, on that system and having them be a Mario game and a Zelda game, a uh, big deal. And then besides that, just still like supporting that system so well, where it felt like every single month, there was some kind of an important game coming out of that thing. And, and even outside of just going on with the switch, you know, the 3ds still had pretty decent support. 
Uh, yet, you know, their mobile efforts were going along. Fire Emblem Heroes was actually pretty fun. They just launched uh, Animal Crossing. And then the Super Nintendo uh, Classic System was great. Uh, it doesn't really have as nearly as bad a supply issue as the NES Classic had. Yeah, I I, uh, I think I remember saying um, it does feel like the Switch is the PlayStation 4 for everybody that can't, like, have their have their system take over a TV or is busy, basically, an adult. If you're an adult, if you're not on NeoGAF all day or now not Reset Era, uh, the Switch is probably doing for you what the PS4 was doing for people back in 2013 and 2014. Um, yeah, and some, some good games there. Anyone else have any thoughts on, on Nintendo as being the the trend of this year or what 2017 really was the year of? I think you're you're at least seeing these developers who would never otherwise go to a Nintendo platform showing up on it now, like uh, you know Bethesda with Doom. Uh, when when you see something like that, you go, hmm. You start scratching your head. It's like, when was the last time this kind of thing happened? Right. Yeah, probably not since the when the Wii was the first a big hit, and a lot of the third party publishers like, oh, our stuff will work on here too, and and then it, you know it didn't. But the difference is, I think that their stuff is working on this system this time. Yeah, I, mean, the, I um, oh, go ahead, Roland, please. The only thing that would get in the way of saying that Nintendo was the trend of the year is if something else like uh, loot boxes is more of the trend <laughs> of the year. But uh, Nintendo could definitely be the good trend of the year. I think everyone yeah. was surprised by how how positively the Switch was received. Yeah, and I definitely think uh, you know we'll do a couple of uh, runner-ups here. I, I have like no problem putting Nintendo in the uh, at least over in the finalist bar for now, and kind of see if anything else kicks it off from the top three at the very least. Um, uh, oh, so yeah. One other uh, thing about Nintendo: the 3DS is still alive. Yeah. Like yeah. that—that's kind of impressive. It's, people have been saying it's been dead for like four years, but there's still the occasional game that grabs Just people's interest. Yep, I mean, it is, as long as Pokemon was coming out, that, that was always going to be the case. But then, yeah, it surprised us with Metroid. It surprised us, I think, even with um, that new Mario and Luigi re- revamp or whatever it was. Yeah, reasons to go back to the 3DS are always surprising to me at this point. Um, why don't we get into some of these other topics? Uh, anyone else want to t- take it up here? I like the one about the uh, it, 2017 was the year of unpredictable gamer rage. And yeah, like, who would I have mean, predicted feels- some of these things? You know, like uh, yeah, I w- I would have gotten in tr- into trouble about complaining that Cuphead was a difficult game, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's something there. Uh, I, I I think I don't want to be yeah, like maybe I could have predicted that. Yeah, but. I feel like we, we I feel like we should have predicted a lot of these things at this point. Uh, um, Luke Crates was going to bring Luke Crates was going to bring down Brat Battlefront Two. Uh, I was not expecting that, right? Yeah, and I, guess, I mean that is two sides of the loot box thing. I mean, last year, like we are, our trend, the winner of this topic was loot boxes for 2016. We're like, oh yeah, this is that's what that was the trend. Uh, I don't think we predicted it would kind of escalate to what where it got to this point in 2017. Uh, and then there there's was the bad facial animation uh, made you know Mass Effect Andromeda an unplayable game. Yeah, and, and then the, yeah, the, all these things are the way that the uh, you know gaming fandoms have responded to these various things, and how that it's been volatile and unpredictable. Um, yeah, I, I, th- those are definitely two separate things, and I'm, I'm wondering maybe actually that might be the bigger thing here. Uh, 
And another one was that uh, Hellblade thing where they they threatened permadeath, but they they were just joking about it, right? And, well, th- yeah. that one is weird because it's like that's the because that like, made you I'm, mad. That didn't make me mad, but I <laughs> uh, I am so almost kind of confused by it, like because it, it, it's not like a joke. Because jokes are funny, right? Just, <laughs> it was more of a lie. <laughs> I I uh. It does feel like some of these things like did happen in the past, though. I feel like that Hellblade thing probably would have made people mad in the, in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily new. I, I, I guess I do. I do think maybe Reddit's power was the um, the the thing that really did culminate in twenty seventeen. Uh, we saw that with Battlefront. Uh, I mean, so I guess what topic are we talking about here specifically? Do we want to talk about unpredictable unpredictable gamer rage? Uh, is is that one we want to like argue to be on this list? I mean, that kind of just ties into the the loot crates and the and yeah. That's kind I, of the, I mean, that's the big thing we're kind of dealing around, right? Was the year of I don't know if you want to call it the the, the, the loot box. Or I I would almost call it like the year of the, the Reddit in a way because it seems like that was the epicenter of a lot of this stuff and where a lot of it would pick up traction. Yeah, maybe maybe that. Um, I mean, we, we've had unpredictable gamer rage as a dominant feature for three straight years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 mean, well, I, I, well, I think we said last year was the year of the loot boxes, but it was almost more in a everyone seemed okay with it at that time thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one was mad about loot boxes, but it was a thing. Yeah. And this year, everyone like really was like, no, that's enough. And so much of it was Battlefront 2. And, and that's what's interesting. They want to... <sighs> Like about that whole thing, there's these other smart things, but Battlefront Two specifically, man, that one really like gained just a ton of traction, a lot of mainstream media support, uh, and to the point where yeah, it's like actually affecting the industry as we know it right now. We're now all of a sudden, you know, people are wondering if microtransactions have a future in console gaming. They're wondering if uh, governments are going to get involved and regulate loot boxes and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of nuts. Um, it's also so, all that rage about the EA comment on single player games as well, right? Right, right. And some of that is just like EA not uh, doing a good job of being a uh, you know a game publisher in 2017. So I, I think we're all going to agree that loot boxes is, is going to be on the, the final three here at least. So I, I moved it over. Um, real quick before we move on too fast, unpredict- unpredictable gamer rage. Do we just want to call that that this is the year of of Reddit? And make that th- this this thing right here because it, it really did seem to that was the epicenter, like Mike said. Um, would that make more sense? Fine by me. I mean, the thing is, Reddit could be good or bad. Reddit is right. just sort of a place, um, and then. But Reddit's power. There are I mean, Reddit's power. Well, yeah. What am I trying to say here? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out this topic or yeah. this, the name of this trend. Um, I think the unpredictable part was was I mean the gamer age is not new and in some ways the the predictability of it uh, you know um, you know uh, things that related to say GamerGate and, right know, but I think it's it's unpredictable sex, now sexism, but, et cetera, yeah, it's, you know? I mean yeah and those I think we got our heads around a lot of those things uh, I just didn't uh, I think many of us didn't realize how much Reddit would be able to uh, Reddit and YouTube I think working in conjunction but maybe it is primarily Reddit would be able to continue to amplify these voices so much louder and louder and louder. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something there. I just, so, so I, maybe it should be called Reddit's power uh, or Reddit's influence or something yeah, like I, that. I think that does leave out YouTube a, a bit too much, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, oh, well. There's also the, uh, it was, it was 
2017 was the Battle Royale of Battle Royales, right? Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, it was kind of the year of PUBG in some ways, but it's in these things following up with that. Yeah, Fortnite. But yeah, I suspect 2018 will really be the year of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, well, you do wonder because there's, you wonder like how long that goes to. Like, there was a point where it seemed like we were just swimming in MOBA clones, and that, that finally felt, you know, fell off a bit. And, and But I do wonder, like, is this really just picking up now? Or are we going to just get really tired of seeing these Battle Royale clones in 2018? Well, I think the thing is, it's a lot easier conceptually to make a Battle Royale game or <clears throat> add a Battle Royale mode to an existing game, as Fortnite did really, really quickly. Fortnite had, you know, an existing shooter engine. It had an existing ability to have a bunch of people and things in the same place at once. So, you know, they they were able to put that together in, like, a couple months. Um and they had the advantage of free to play. Yeah, whereas the uh, putting together a MOBA requires a whole hell of a lot more, I think, programming yeah. and balancing and and so on. Uh, I, the, I guess Warface about did the, it pretty quickly too. Yeah, there, there's something about the uh, battle royale concept that has an appeal without necessarily it being a specific genre. Uh, it probably will be at some point, but I think that, you know, throwing everyone in a room together and having them murder each other is a thing that a lot of games could be set up to do. Yeah, it seems like a lot of them, they already have that sort of uh, the skeleton there. It was just adding the limbs of the specific of the specific mode. Um, I, I, yeah, I do think that's going to be a 2018 thing, though. I think you're right. Um, the, the big, the big, I would still, if this was going to be one of the trends, it would just be Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, because I think. Uh, saying that it was about battle royales ignores the fact that if it was any other game, like for example, if it was H1Z1, which was very popular, uh, but it was never as popular, like nowhere in the same stratosphere as what PUBG eventually reached. Um, so I, I think it had to be this game. If Fortnite had come out and PUBG hadn't, uh, Fortnite would not have done the same thing. It just wouldn't have the same effect. Um, but I, I also don't think it's going to be able to knock any of the ones we already have up there. Um, so, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything I want to like call out. Um, I mean, I have my big one about single player games that. Uh, yeah, like, go for that one, Rowan. I think that's probably perfect for right now. Um, so I have a piece going up on this. I guess it will probably be up by the time this podcast is released, but uh, mm -hmm. it's currently an editing process. But it's basically about how um, instead of this being the year of the single player game dying, it's the year that this a certain particular form of single player game kind of faded away and that is a 8 to 12 hour action adventure game that's a relatively self-contained thing like maybe it has multiplayer mode but you're playing this game like once you're getting a uh, satisfying emotional connection with the game um, and this was like what the visceral star wars game was supposed to be whereas the games that came out this year were all bigger. They were all super games that were never ended or lasted for months instead of weeks. Um, and they're all based around like giving people extrinsic rewards, loot boxes, uh, things that are like kind of imposed from above instead of having like 
satisfying stories in their own way. Right. Um, so something like Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, compared to the original Mass Effect trilogy, its open world nature made it just not work at all. Like, it, there's no emotional connection to that game except in very specific, old-fashioned, linear throwback levels. Um, Shadow of War is a game that I have been playing, and like I like the act of playing it, but all of its sort of uh, metagame stuff that they've added on top of it, the way that you uh, recruit orcs in, into your army and make them develop, and the way that you... Uh, um, progress with your items in that game are really, really boring. And they're also the boring things that are, uh, can be purchased away to make them less boring. Uh, so I make the comparison to the airline industry of this piece. It's like, uh, if you're willing to pay for it, you can play these games first class. Otherwise they'll just annoy you. Um, and this is, I think, what people are getting upset about. It's not that single-player games are gone. It's that single-player games are these huge, all-consuming things that aren't emotionally satisfying. Uh, and there are good ones. You know, people loved Zelda. Maybe Zelda is a good one. I don't have a Switch. I can't judge it. But I would imagine, it's a good given one. the reactions, that people are not wrong about that. Uh, but for every Zelda, there's a Shadow of War or Mass Effect Andromeda that's incredibly disappointing. And even if Zelda is great and everyone tries to model their future games off of Zelda. I mean, Skyrim was an exceptional game and people modeling their games off of Skyrim is how we got in this mess. So I think uh, yeah, this is... That combination of the, the single-player story with the open world uh, that right. really just sort of screws things up. And I just came back from uh, Montreal where um, a couple of Ubisoft writers uh, gave a talk about how hard it was for them to write the you know the story for the uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins because it was an open world and um, you know they just uh, you know would would have a dramatic story going of you like you've got to rescue this this person and you know the time is of the essence and then oh by the way I'm gonna go battle some crocodiles for a while right <laughs> and then yeah. you come you come back to your quest and you go what was I supposed to do again I forget what uh, you know what was it uh, and you know it's just it's it's like a, a crazy artifact of video games, I think. Yeah, it's uh, if you have a linear level design, you can like encourage players to go in specific emotional and uh, kind of self awareness levels. Like if you start it with a very slow, sneaky mode, and then you suddenly have a big burst of action, and, and then attach the story to that, you know, that gets people that gets people going. But with the open world thing, the things that are exciting, exciting are when they're toys. You know, it's like when you do something unexpected and the game world reacts in a really weird way. Zelda, uh, Far Cry, when it's at its best, is like this. Shadow of Mordor was like this I, at, at times. Um, those are, you know, about building the systems and not building the story. And I think it's understandable that the people are a little weirded out by how little... How, how badly some of the games that were supposed to be story-based have ended up turning out because of this trend towards more, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. Uh, so what I would, would want to know is, so uh, right here in the doc, we have it single player games as a chore. And I think, I think that's close, but I think it's almost like the, like if it just feels like it should be like all of the bullshits like, that got in the way of enjoying a single player linear narrative experience. Um, 
at, you know, like daily login rewards and all this other stuff. Uh, that the, the ways that they try to keep you engaged and monetized. Um, and I, I feel like that's like the different, like the, the, the chore is a good way of putting it, but I feel like there's a, a better way of encompassing just everything that is the problem with single player games that made these things either go away or not feel as fun as they should have. Um, and I think if we can nail that, it will definitely be a finalist here. Um, anyone have an idea? Uh, one, what of the, that one of the terms I use is a, I call it a, a super game, a game like Civilization or NBA 2K that you're supposed to just play forever. It's supposed or, to be your game. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, all these single player games that used to be very constrained experiences are now trying to be super games. And it's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's something about yeah, it's like straining single player games beyond what they were intended to do, um, or just make yeah, making every single player game feel like it has to be something more than it is. I I, I don't know. It's definitely something that should be on there. I think this is the the one that um, encompasses the like the, the oh, wrong wrong thing. Um, it's the one that encompasses like a lot of anxieties that people have about what EA was saying. Um, and about what they're they're starting to notice, and when they look at like sales charts and they see games like like Prey or whatever not selling, um, I think this is what they are worried about. Okay, right. you you have Bethesda and Naughty Dog is basically the only two people right. who are trying to fight against this. Everyone else has just gone gone huge, and it doesn't always work. Right. Well, I get. I guess kind of what I'm thinking a little bit is, you know, and you've mentioned this too, there are a lot of single play games that are still doing like good things. You said Bethesda Naughty Dog, but Nintendo's stuff, uh, even Horizon Zero Dawn, I mean, it had some kind of a loot boxy thing, but it was, it was completely secondary and unnecessary, right? Uh, some of the RPGs this year, the, um, what, like Divinity, uh, Original Sin 2, it's, you know, I know people really liked uh, that the, the Torment game, whatever it was called. <laughs> I know Jason was a big fan of that one, though. So that's, that's kind of just my thing about like a, a negative category like this is that, it, and like what you're saying is right, but man, there were just so many good games this year of, of almost every kind of thing you can think of. And a lot of them definitely kind of screwed the pooch, I think. And it is a little nerve-wracking that that might be a trend and maybe it's starting here, or maybe it's it, it definitely grew a lot here, but I don't know if it's the year of that necessarily. Yeah, that's what I did that, think. There were, you know, a lot of uh, AAA mistakes this year. Uh, well, that, that, I think know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we surprised. need to find the name of this of this trend. How about AAA mistakes? <laughs> yeah, I just it would have to be a little bit more specific. I think, like, well, well like even the things that aren't mistakes, I think, still fall in this category. So, you know, Zelda is the biggest Zelda ever, right? Mario has the biggest levels. Like, even these games that people love and they're still getting bigger in a way that uh, doesn't always feel like it's the most fun. Like I like Mario's with more linear levels. I don't know. I'd probably love Odyssey anyway, but um, I definitely so it, it, think that there are, there are also specific types of games that are getting lost. Uh, the cinematic RPG is basically dead. It's become the open world RPG and the Witcher succeeded with that. And everyone else has specifically Bioware has failed at that. Right, uh, yeah, so I, I don't necessarily know if we need to make the trend uh, a problem with single player. It could be this, uh, I think it's like an overinflation of extra extraneous bullshit thrown on top of these games that, that isn't necessary, and that's the trend, that's the, that's the problem. You just call it inflation as the trend. Yeah, like... Hashtag uh, content. You, you broke up there a little bit for me, Roman. what was that? Hashtag content. Yeah, exactly, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe just overinflation of unnecessary content. Uh, I, I mean, I've just seen, I don't know if that really gets to the heart of it, but I feel like that's. We could, we could figure it out that it's related to exactly a lot of the other things like EA is very bad here. Or... EA is very bad here. Just the year of EA being. It's kind of bad behavior maybe, but uh, they're going to do $5 billion in revenues this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, FIFA is going to make a lot of money um, without a doubt. Um, yes. I mean, was it, was it the year year of, of EA being not good? <laughs> no, because, I mean, that just kind of feeds into some of the other things. I mean, I don't know. I agree. I know that maybe there's more things to go through here, but I, I, I'm not sure if anything's going to... I feel like this is coming down to Nintendo or loot boxes, whatever we call loot boxes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like any one of these could be knocked off um, at this point. But, uh, I, okay, so we have we do have four over in the finalists. Do we have anything over here in this left column that we want to move over? Um I'm trying to see if there's anything we didn't talk about. Uh, survival strategy gets cute. Rowan, you want to go over that one real quick? Um, Sorry, I was muted for a second. Um, it's, this is this is an interesting trend, but it's not a thing that's going to be the trend of the year. Uh, if you want me to talk about it, I can. But yeah, you do that one. And then, if and you're then, trying to make a finalist. Then. Yeah, you, you do that one real quick. And then, Mike, you talk about uh, revivals real quick. And then I think we'll try to figure out which one of these four we have to drop. So this is one that I've been following personally for a little while because I really like this genre, and I also am fascinated by what genres start getting popular. Survival strategy are games like Dwarf Fortress and RimWorld, where uh, you're controlling a small group of people in a very harsh environment, and they'll probably die hilariously, and maybe everything will collapse and burn. The time uh, banditsification of yeah, strategy it's, games. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a genre that has a lot of cool stuff going for it and it's especially good in a youtube and streamer world where all this stuff has you know systemic weirdness that can make streamers start screaming uncontrollably about how all their people are drowning and piss and shit like oxygen not included has uh so this is this is a thing that um i think has had a problem with its main games being not terribly attractive. Uh, RimWorld is like, it gets the job done, but it's not a game that you're going to show off and say, look how adorable or look how awesome this is. And Dwarf Fortress obviously is ASCII. Um, whereas I think companies have started realizing that this is a thing that uh, could become big and uh, they're investing time in making them look and feel and uh, sound good. Oxygen not Included came out in early access. It's gotten some pretty big updates since. Uh, it's it looks like Fallout Shelter, but it's actually a real game instead of a loot box generator. Um, the other thing is uh, Paradox announced Surviving Mars, which is has a really really neat aesthetic to it, and it's you know you're on Mars trying to create the first human colony, and uh, that's not coming out till next year. So this might be a thing to keep to keep in mind for uh, the next couple of years. But I think this is, this is a genre that's poised to explode. And we're going to look back at this year as maybe the turning point for that. And Mike, how about revivals? Yeah, it's just, it seems like a lot of uh, 
franchises that have really kind of been in the shadows or stuck in some kind of a rut or another uh, came back this year, specifically on the retro side. Um, the big one is, you know, one of my favorite 2D side scores from the 16-bit era that, you know, has been gone for a while and it's great seeing it back. I'm talking about Bubsy, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Damn you, but, huh? you had me on the hook there. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, uh, uh, Sonic uh, Mania was fantastic. It was, it was one of my favorite games of the year. and I really thought you I, were going to go I, for Sonic Forces there just to really drive home. The <laughs> That's the weird thing about Sonic, right? Because, like, Sonic has always been there. It's just... It's been this other thing it's for like, so yeah, long. Yeah, but has he? Has it been an imposter? Yeah, but it, so it's like to just have like this Sonic game that just felt like one of the old Sonic games and actually be as good as them, right? Not just kind of like this cute whatever. Uh, like, if they didn't feel... Even though it's made by people who made a lot of fan games, it never felt like a fan game, really. Except for maybe in good ways, but not in like the bad ways. Right. Uh, the other big one was cut was uh, Metroid, where that's that series has been on the rocks for a long time outside of that weird Federation Force 3DS game that didn't star Samus that I think everybody either forgot about or would rather forget about. The one before that, Other M, uh, which was just like 2010 or 2011. It, it, that was a while ago. People weren't exactly gaga over, over that one either. So it's just it, specifically, too, for just a 2D Metroid game, uh, not since Zero Mission, which was a remake, even though this one's kind of a remake, but not really. And, and it was just a super fun game. I liked playing that a lot. Um, and even just like, even though the Mega Man 11 is coming out next year, the fact that that was announced this year just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of made me think of this theme a little bit more. Even yeah, I, I would. I mean, I know it doesn't make any sense, but even Mario Odyssey kind of, I think, plays in this just because a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just because it feels like they realized they could get they could get big and weird and different and uh, really try to make a game that was complex for fans of, uh, you know, for fans that have been playing this series for so long and saying, Oh, you've, you've built up these skills. You could do all these things. We could still make a game for you um, instead of just trying to boil it down to the easiest basic functions. Um, But yeah, I guess call of duty fits in that revival story too, because they (laughs) went, went back to world war two and somehow it does. It's it's tripled their sales or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) What What a weird thing. Um, okay, so we got four over here. Um, uh, just a, a reminder, so this is 2017 was the year of. We're trying to like just figure out what was the trend that defined this year. Can't it just be the year of Luigi again? I, I mean, it probably should be. We should just admit to ourselves <laughs> that's what we're really trying to get at here. <laughs> I mean, deep down, that's what we all want. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, honestly, my gut here says to go with uh, some sort of combination of gamer rage, Reddit, YouTube, loot boxes sort of thing. See, my one thing is just that when I when I think of this year, I mean, this is the, the the I know positive person in me. Like this was such a good year for gaming. There were so many good years. I know you're a ray of oh. sunshine, Mike, I, and I agree. I know. And, my, and Nintendo does exemplify that. It, yeah, and it just seemed like it was a, it was such a good year for games. It, it, you know, even though there was all this stuff happening, uh, maybe it's maybe not so great. But just in terms of the actual games coming out, there are just a lot of really good ones. And you know, we can recognize that in other ways. That's fine. Because it, it definitely, that, you know, headline-wise, a lot of stuff was about this kind of rage. You can just say rage, right? It was the year of rage. And we don't mean the classic uh, id game. I, yeah, <laughs> I think the unpredictable gamer rage, like, it, it encompasses loot boxes, but was bigger than that, right? Mm-hmm. It was about, uh, yeah, I agree. About so, so many things that... Uh, right. I think it, I mean, it was a fundamental one, thing one that fueled it, but yeah. And, one you thing know, that it, we it's, could it's say... It's kind of consistent with, you know, the whole kind of uh i don't know 
the political environment as well, right? Uh, so yeah. everyone's mad. People, people expressing their rage is 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 what we do in politics now, right? <laughs> it's just it's just uh, you know it's good. Uh, the world has gone insane, and I think we're all just sort of uh, carrying over that insanity into video games. Uh, I think one way to frame it is that it's the year of a lot. Uh, a lot of things <laughs> happened. There, there are just way too many games. Twenty seventeen uh, was a actually, lot. Yeah. to actually like count that. Like I think more than even previous years of not being able to play everything. This year just felt like everything is totally in its own zone. And uh, yeah. um, then there's a year of just. Uh, exhausting controversies, exhausting single player games, exhausting. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, I guess the. I guess that's both the Reddit and the. Uh, exhausting loot boxes. Yes, loot boxes. Um, so it's 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 the year of too much, in both good ways and bad ways. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out. I, I I know it's insane, but I almost feel like just dropping loot boxes from this because it would. Because um, I do feel feel like unpredictable gamer rage. Reddit, YouTube's influence does sort yeah, of. It includes that. Includes that, right? I, I I mean, I think when we're talking about loot boxes, you can't talk about that without talking about that. I mean, I guess the vice you know, vice versa is true as well. But yeah, I mean, does anyone is it anyone think that's too crazy or should I just drop it? No, uh, drop it. Drop it like it's hot. That's what the kids say, oh, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Those Stack kids are uh, putting their own kids through college these days. <laughs> um, okay, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Mike, sounds like you uh, are on Nintendo on this one, right? Yeah, that's what I that's where I would go, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. Uh, I want to hear like, what you actually think. Dean, how about you? Where, where, where are you at on this? Which one should take away uh, trend of 2017? Well, since it uh, affected me most, uh, of course, the unpredictable gamer age is uh, <laughs> what I'm going to go with. Hey, I know what Dean's going to think of when he thinks of 2017. <laughs> How about you, Rowan? Well, I mean, that was me last year and yeah. the year before, Yeah. though I missed 2014. Uh, so it's uh, There's been a lot of unpredictable gamer rage, but that definitely is one that hit us for pretty... Uh, ridiculous reasons mm-hmm. um, you know what's cr- incredible about that like people don't know like like you know like my friends don't necessarily like in ohio know about games beat like i'll go out with people i was out with like a friend on wednesday and the, he was like he just because those are just like what do you think about this thing where people think like reviewers should be like good at video games because i saw this cuphead video <laughs> and i was like ah, oh, yeah that was, that was my site yep i it, it, i think that's like that i, I don't know Living through it the and seeing, cuphead guy. yeah, yes, you are. And seeing how like it, like the reality of the situation and like what is actually true, just completely disregarded. Like not, I mean, it, I can't even overstate it. How like unconcerned people were with what was actually happening, because the narrative that was created on Reddit and then repeated ad nauseum on YouTube just became their truth, and that's all they needed. And we said Dean that was more, that was more Twitter's fault, right? Yeah. I mean, Twitter, we said Dean, no, it was more, I think it was Reddit. Really. Twi- twi- said- there, there was one post, yeah, it was one post on Twitter that kind of started, but then it, 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 it that, that just feeds, they all feed into one another. I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily know how, like, the, the, you know, the snake, like, where the snake begins eating its own tail, but I, I don't know. It's just the, the there is, I, I feel like this is the one, because when I just think about it, it's like, how, 
how does this stuff happen? How does it get so out of whack with what I know is true? Cause I'm literally sitting right here, like posting the video myself or like telling you to post the video, Dean. And yeah, I, I don't know. Um, well, you know, it was interesting for me to, to meet the Cuphead developers uh, this week. And, um, you know, when the guy asked, uh, you know, like the moderator asked, how how many of you have finished Cuphead? And, you know, there was an audience of hundreds of people and three people raised their hands. <laughs> hey, half the people in this podcast are beating Cuphead. <laughs> well, I'm still trying. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I Like I said, my gut co- goes towards... Uh, I, and I guess we would call it maybe Reddit and YouTube's influence. I, it's hard to name these specific trends, but um, but yeah, that that's where I would go. Uh, do, do, I don't know. That's by me. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna bold Probably it. Did. Yeah. Let's just say it. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Let's keep this moving. Um, best new character, then most beautiful. Yeah. Let's do best new character real quick. I I, I feel like this could be a, just a fun one. Um. Does anyone have one they want to start with here? I, I, I could read it through the nominees real quick if we want. Um, I want to start with 2B's butt. Okay, yeah. 2B's, is that separate from 2B herself? Yes. 2B's butt is the best new character of the year. Of course, yes. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of creative energies obviously po- po- poured into that butt. It's a fun <laughs> fun thing to say. I'm going to read the nominees. Cappy, Uncle Amiibo, uh, Sidon. Hang on. Paya, uh, this is from Zelda. Uh, Grace from Wolfenstein 2. Super Special from Wolfenstein 2. Sigrun Ingel from Wolfenstein 2. 2B. Uh, Aloy. I think that's probably spelled wrong here because it's spelled Alloy. So I bet Mike put that there. Um, Fane. And May. I forgot Night to put mine in. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Mine, mine's, mine's Senwa from uh, Hellblade. Okay. Um. I, I I wrote a bunch here and I put an, I nominated a lot of these. I, I would, I mean, out of all of them, I think Seeger and Ingle is probably the one that stands out the most to me. Um, she was, she, she is the daughter of the main villain from Wolfenstein two. Uh, she starts out the game like immediately, uh, betraying her mother and joining your side because she just can't, she just can't stand being a Nazi. She can't stand being around Nazis. Um, That's yeah, <laughs> and she just so she immediately joins your band of rebels and then is immediately treated like trash for uh, once being among the Nazis. Uh, and I, 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 it was a very, I think, a very touching story. She eventually says, that, Hey, quit calling me that. You don't get to decide what I am. I'm trying to tell you I'm not a Nazi. You have to respect that. Uh, and you know, people are, are understandably hesitant about that, you know, about having someone who was on the other side, like on their ship, their secret ship. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was played really well. I thought that she had a, a really great emotional outburst where, like, she's like, "No, I, I have these feelings, and you're going to hear about them." God damn it! Um, I don't know. It, it, it really worked for me. Uh, but this is, I, I don't know. Again, it's just kind of a fun category, and there's so many good characters here that if someone else has a bunch of other things they want to talk about, I would love to hear them. Should we consider how much uh, Rule Thirty Four art has been drawn for the character? Because Two B definitely wins in that. Game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we have to consider that, Mike. Of course we do. <laughs> I mean, think about Overwatch last, right? Like, that's, that's, that, is, that is true, for real. That is actually true. Yeah. That was like the precursor to, oh, Overwatch is going to be a big thing, I guess. There's so much porn. I think we did actually write that story, too. It's like you could tell how successful it is just based on how much porn there is on Tumblr of Overwatch. But, but seriously, 2B is actually uh, a good character. Uh, I, I think she is something that kind of gets people through that game a lot. She 
is this sort of likable, that kind of stern, but, uh, you know, heart of gold. Uh, and it is a cool design. I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously a horny design for sure. Yeah, but, it, I mean, you know, it is something that sticks with you and that is memorable. And, you know, there are there are a lot of anime female her- heroines and a lot of them aren't very memorable. So I did kind of appreciate that this character was uh, interesting. Does the... Uh... Like some of the twist stuff that happens later, does that build in, like build into this character and make her more? Her character does grow, if that's what you mean. She yeah. Has, yeah, she has an arc. She she does go some mm-hmm. interesting places, I think. And you know, the, the the game when you kind of do go through the multiple playthroughs, you you play as more people besides her. And I always liked playing as her the most. Yeah, I'm I'm playing as nine S now. I'm like nine S, you're a fuck boy. That's what, that's what <laughs> I say. I whisper it to my screen as I'm playing the game. Um, hmm, I, I'm. Dean, why don't you do Senua? Uh, I think that's a, a really Senua. Senua, yeah. Senua. I can't. God, I know what I'm a Senua. <laughs> fucking Philistine. Well, I mean, it's just uh, such a well done uh, character. Where you know, you know, for one, it it really gets over that hump of the the uncanny valley, right? Um, it's it's a mo capped actress, uh, and uh, she. Um, uh, her name's Melina Jurgens, and she was like the video editor for for Hellblade, and she was the stand-in actress that they used um, while they were searching for um, a permanent actress to play the part. And she did it so well that um, they just said, "Okay, we're going to just keep using you." And uh, it was her first acting role ever, right? And so um, it's very you know good, genuine acting. Uh, that is just translated, you know, pretty perfectly into into the game character, and then there are so many of these these problems that she has, right? She's got voices in her head, and they do that very well as well. Like, you know, they have some people who are, uh, you know. Um, arguing with each other all the time while she's trying to think, right? Or she's trying to fight somebody. Uh, and there, there's this like ongoing conversation of like one person two feet away, one person 10 feet away, one person like, you know, 30 feet away. And they're all talking to each other inside her head. And it just uh, is uh, sort of such a good uh, depiction of psychosis, you know, of, of somebody who's imagining things that aren't there um, that, you know, you you never really had before like you know until you step into the shoes of this character you don't really re- realize what it is to be you know insane and, and she, she doesn't i mean she doesn't talk a lot like herself like the like with her physical form or whatever uh but she's so expressive with her face uh that all as all these voices are happening um you can really see like the, the emotion that, that those voices are expressing you could see on her face uh and it does a lot to make make that character uh, appealing like even as like as she is dealing with a lot um but it makes you want to like keep going she's like man she's like she's dealing with it she is really just taking this stuff on um and it, it kind of that was one of the things that kept me playing even as i wasn't enjoying aspects of the game so much yeah she's always screaming she's <laughs> you know trying to have these conversations with her father and her mother and her uh, her her lost love that uh, she's trying to retrieve from the dead, right? Mm-hmm. She, she is definitely the best part of that game. Um, it, I don't know if I can think of another game where that's carried as much by like a strong character performance like that one is. Yeah, but uh, she's no Uncle Amiibo. Let's get real here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just that that's that's just such a good name. I don't I don't really give a shit about Uncle Amiibo, but it's a good name. Um, <laughs> Aloy, Mike, do you have anything to say about Aloy? 
I just thought she was, I mean, she was another really strong uh, character who had an, had an interesting arc, this kind of, you know, it's because it's, at the start of the game, you do think of her as almost this child, like, beyond when she is actually a child, right? Like, when she does kind of grow up, she's, you know, like, even though her physical appearance doesn't change that much necessarily, she seems like she does kind of go through this, this big change and this, you know, gain so much confidence. Uh, yeah, I just thought she was kind of another memorable addition this year. And probably the one that I think we're most likely to see the, mo the most of out of all these new characters, right? Mm -hmm. Rowan, you got any anyone uh, out of left field that you would throw into this category? Um, I had mostly played strategy yeah, games say. and bad AAA games. Uh, I can give you a worst character of the year. But Bubsy again? Are we going back to Bubsy now? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're going with Korra for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, she was already like the boring, responsible character who had an inexplicably good haircut, but it was like just a fake. Um, she also was one of the ones who I thought took the brunt of like the bad facial animations. Her head always looked slightly off, so that didn't help either. But the big problem with her was that uh, for whatever reason, Bioware decided to write her as like an exchange student who had been on the Asari homeworld for a, a semester and came back and all she could do was talk about how amazing and free and awesome and great the people at this semester were and how everyone should try to be like them and uh, it was it was just a disaster there was there was a lot of kind of sci-fi racial squickiness to go along with it but it was mostly just annoying um and it was a, a pretty good example of a lot of things that went wrong with that game yeah she, she had an ansari accent even though she's from fresno california it's like come she's on she's an ansari weeb yeah <laughs> yeah god man that game what a mess that game is jesus christ that we, game came out this year huh? yeah we needed man. a category to really talk about the game but uh the oh. game that everybody wanted to forget it actually did yeah jesus um, I, I I don't know if we need to talk about a lot of these other characters. I mean, I really liked Apaya, but that was more just like it was fun to have this uh, super horny character in a Zelda game that was, uh, um, I don't know, that uh, seemed to live her own life and have all these things going on. Um, and you got to like just get flavor of that here and there. Um, and Grace from Wolfenstein Side 2 is, great, uh, is wonderful, of course, and so is Spesh, but uh, Simgrin's my choice there. So I, I feel like we already have our finalist. Um, Stephanie's not here for May from Night in the Woods, and I still haven't touched it, which I feel bad about. But um, let's see. She did write not too bad. She did write a note here because she is great and does crimes and rails against capitalism. Okay, never mind. May wins. Uh, that yeah, that, and she's a cat. And she's a cat. So yeah, there's a lot going for May there. Damn it. Uh, I wish Stephanie was here because she would probably have been able to argue May onto this list. And, and Taylor Swift stole her look to advertise her content. That's right. Yes, that's that is such a insane thing god um okay uh, uh we could keep the three we have though i i'm almost okay with either uh sinwa or to be winning uh if, if either of you guys feel strongly enough. Uh, i was gonna i was gonna say you know sometimes i think jeff we we, we little we kind of team up with our similar opinions against dean i think we can give him sinua on this one yeah i yeah. i almost feel that way yeah because i mean she really is a, a kind of a she's unique uh a character you don't see a lot of i i don't know how accurate uh and I know they did a lot of work to try to be faithful to, uh, you know, m mental health in the game. Um, but the, the, sort of even separate from that stuff, just her as a character uh, and her motivations and how they portray that stuff works really well for me. Um, 
and you know the funny thing is that she's she's more like a real person because of that uncanny valley mocap yeah. technology. Yeah, right? the performance so stuff it's, was it's, really it's good. It's not a character; it's a real person. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, the performance is just really on point. So, yeah, I'm 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 for it. Let's do a let's do Sinwa. It's not. This is not a pity one from for Dean. Mike, don't say that. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do this. Most beautiful last category for today is me. It's Mike again. Wow, five years uh, running. Every- <laughs> it's incredible, right? Nothing <laughs> can touch me. Um, the the nominees are Mario, Zelda, Horizon, Hellblade, Cuphead, Gorogoa, Night in the Woods. Um, if there's anything else you guys want to add, please, please feel free. All right, Dean, that's a uh, Uncharted Four Lost Legacy that you're talking about there. Yep, Uncharted Four: The Lost Legacy. I just liked how they created those uh, those landscapes. Like you know, the Indian landscape uh, was just uh, lush and gorgeous, and you know, like everywhere you everywhere you go in that place, uh, it feels like you're you know sort of just stepping into a whole other you know world sort of thing. Um, okay, good. Uh, anyone else want to add anything to this list uh, before we start digging into some of these games? Oh, I think it's... All right. Um, Mike, why don't you start us off with one? What's a good-looking game on this list that you like? Like Mario. Even though, you know, it's not the most realistic, I still think that, like, that game could just look really awesome. Like, uh, that that first world with the fossil falls, just the way that waterfall, like, just, like, the design of it, right? Like, you have this big dinosaur skeleton and a waterfall kind of going under that. It still manages to uh, to look lush and beautiful. And a lot of the other places, right? Like, there's another kind of almost prehistoric prehistoric theme thing, which, again, managed to have a lot of this kind of, uh, I don't know what the word, but a lot of uh, this is real lush scenery. Just a lot of, like, each world looked different in a different way. Like, yeah, one that was almost like a Dark Souls world, and but they all still just looked very pretty. I'm I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think um, a lot of the criticism around the game came from people saying the art wasn't consistent, and I'm like that. To me, that was, it felt like missing the whole point of like what a Super Mario Odyssey would be. Like he is going to places that are supposed to be. Uh, really strange for him. I mean, as far as you know, they think about the intent of um, you know Mario's experience at all. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think they did a really good job of saying like, no, there's a lot of weird stuff that we're going to throw at Mario in this game, and I think all of it lands. Like all of it works. Uh, with I mean, I, with the exception maybe of um, of the Brutals, but I I even do like the Brutals. I like the Brutals, too. I don't know what the... Uh, I think people... They're just too ugly, I think, for a lot of people, which... <laughs> but they're bad. Yeah, and I'm like, I almost... I'm like, yeah, they're, they they really... They were going for ugly, and they fucking nail it in a way that I, I think most artists don't do ugly very well. And, yeah, I don't know. It, was, it really worked for me. Uh, but I don't know. There's a lot of games here. I, I think you could probably make the finalists, but let's get through some of these other ones. Um, Rowan, I don't know if you have uh, any dogs in this fight. I, why don't you go and let us know if you do? Yeah, you're muted. Um, I don't think I have played anything that I would definitely say is extraordinarily beautiful. Just ugly games for Rowan. So that's, that's why it. I was muted. Yeah. <laughs> Rowan didn't play me. <laughs> just visually disgusting games happening in the Rowan house. Yeah, just uh, I, all I did was play war games where I moved chips mm-hmm. across a. a that's, that's that's fine. Uh, okay, so Dean, would would your choice be Lost Legacy? Or are there any other games here that you uh, that you like? 
Oh, well, no, I just didn't want to forget about Lost Legacy, okay. but I really like the look of Gorogoa. Yeah, I'm, um, I like it too. Uh, Cuphead, um, Hellblade, Horizon, Zelda. I don't think Mario really floats my boat sure, that dude. much. Um, uh, but Zelda, you know, Zelda, just the vastness of that world. So I, I think I'm impressed by just really, you know, big draw distances, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, sort of some very cinematic effects that uh, maybe, uh, you know, at the same time bring uh, somebody's face into, into perfect. Let me goal. tell you about a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Now, that, that. Oh, God. If there's one award, it doesn't get. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, fair enough. Fine. Gang up on me. Jesus. Um, it doesn't look it's an, that it's great. A, it's, yeah, it, it is plays great, d- right? disgusting. Yeah, I, I can't stand the look of the game. Um, <laughs> it's gross. Yeah, you. yeah for sure. Get it away. Um, okay, so if you had draw distances like say Zelda or Horizon uh, or The Lost Legacy in that game, you know that would, you could shoot somebody they're, a mile. They, well, they're get, they they've gotten there. That that's true. You could do that now, but it's still not a very good looking game. Um, although the, the desert level is a lot better. I, you, Dean, you, you covered like you went over a couple of them uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Cuphead and Goragoa. Uh, well, let's let's do Cuphead first. I, mean, I think Cuphead's definitely on this list, right? Like it's definitely it's yeah, definitely, definitely it's yeah. got that those 1930s style cartoons uh, inspired them to to create Cuphead and uh, there's something very deceptive about the art or, or I don't know what is subversive about this this art though because you know. Um, it's it's so universally appealing to everybody from kids to adults. Well, uh, but the game is so different. I'll tell you, my wife did not like it. Only my a wife certain saw it and she thought it was. She all the characters were ugly. And then when she when I told her about um, some of the criticisms about how like maybe it doesn't cover, um, it doesn't really deal with the the racial past of this art style. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I thought it looked a little, a little bit racist. Remind me of some race of racist drawings. Uh, so I think there's there's something there that maybe isn't necessarily universal, but I would still agree most people when they see this, especially I think people who are familiar with what it takes to uh, make a game and, and realizing, oh, this is a video game. That's insane. Um, uh, yeah, I think for most people it is it is quite appealing. It, it is for me. Um, I, for me, it was almost like going through those levels and then seeing like, oh, they're, they're not just doing Steamboat Willie. They're also doing like that. Uh, that I can't remember his name. It really, w- it really was much more of like that Fleischer, Fleischer style, yeah, exactly, uh, a Disney style. To, yeah. to be honest, there was a bit maybe of like the silly symphonies in there, but yeah, it wasn't as much uh, Disney, which was was kind yeah, of yeah, that that, more that almost Felix the Cat, yeah, and, uh, Betty Boop. That uh, that one where you're fighting, I think the genie, and it's just in the background. It's that like physical set that is spinning in a circle, con- like continuously. Um, I haven't gotten that far, <laughs> man. It's like oh, the no. fourth one, Dean. Jesus, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah. Uh, and when I saw, it, I'm like, okay, wow, they're really they're doing a lot of things here. Uh, it's it, there's a lot going on. And you, when you look at the credits, it's like all of these different illustrators worked on all these bosses, and like each of them took on a boss and said, "This is going to be mine." Um, and that comes that comes across, and yet it's still relatively consistent in its overall like level of quality, which um, I think is impressive to to have so many different scenes like this really work. So yeah, I, I think Cuphead definitely can get on the list. Uh, Goragoa, I, I mean, I would probably want it on there too, uh, Dean. That's one you you pointed out. Uh, I don't think Mike's touched it yet. 
Yeah, uh, Steph's the one that's uh, reviewed this and, and played it, but I, I I saw it in a preview, and wow, you know, uh, this guy spent more than you know five years drawing, hand drawing all of the paintings in here, and then you can sort of find a part of the the drawing uh, to zoom in on, and then it takes you into just another part of the world, and then you know it it sort of does this uh, sort of three D to two D. Um, sort of uh, right and there's some, there's some animation in there where like you know once you're on the the painting it is static but between these uh different paintings they they build in this animation looks really great um yeah so very memorable art right style yeah there. and uh um, stephanie wrote here and like, uh, original because it has hand-drawn mysterious world that reminds me of overly de detailed children's hang on i gotta extend this books yeah like graham's okay yeah yeah um for sure i i uh, I, mean, I guess it could start being a tough category if we start throwing everything on there, but I'm going to move Gorg over there for now. Uh, and I think I, I'll, I will move Mario over there because I'm, I'm like fully with Mike on that one. Um, even if it's not one that you're all for Dean. Um, so what else? Uh, Hellblade has a very nice, uh, you know, sort of range of uh, nightmares, like the, the big, yeah burning tree with people hanging from it uh yeah it's not necessarily the, beautiful the, I the guess. actual actual landscape of hell with uh you know you're walking through you know rivers of blood right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like almost more terrifying than pretty. yeah I, yeah i mean it's effective yeah, no, i mean i guess beautiful might not be the right word but but i mean you know visually stunning could still be considered in this category i think I mean, at the very beginning of the game, it, you know, they, they do a very good job with just a beautiful nature landscape as well, right? So. Uh, Horizon's kind of the same way, right? Where, yes, yeah, it's very pretty, a lot of really neat uh, horizons, interestingly enough. A lot of really pretty skies. I remember the colors just kind of... Well, then, I mean... I, I liked all the creatures in Horizon. Like, Yeah, uh, that's like what was the juxtaposition of, like, those dinosaurs. giant robots with the the uh, trees and then the sky. Yeah. Then if we go, I mean, if we have horizon Hellblade and uncharted lost legacy here, uh, like which one of those would you put on Dean or even Mike? Uh, I think I would choose Hellblade out of those three, probably um, horizon next and lost legacy. The last, I guess. And then, I mean, I know, I know you would knock off Mario, but if, if me and, if me and Mike aren't going to budge on that one, would you knock off Gorgoa or Cuphead? For Hellblade, uh, yeah, because I, mean, I think that's where we're at now. I think I would knock off Gorgoa. Um, I could almost, I could see that. I, I think Gorgoa is really, it really is striking. But it, it, at the end, it there's a lot of times where it is just static paintings, and those animations are pretty slight. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that really detracts from anything. It, it really is still beautiful, but, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. If, if that's, if that's the move you want to make, I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Um, I, I mean, the last one here that we haven't really decided to keep on or off, uh, is Zelda. I mean, I, I think maybe if this was my personal list, it might be on there, but even then I'd, I'd be hesitant. I, I think it's a really gorgeous game. A lot of the time, um, in terms of its art, well, I would vote for Zelda over Mario. No, yeah, so no, uh, if anybody else does, anybody else feel like that way? So. No. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, it's a pretty pretty good list, actually. Uh, Mario, Hellblade, and Cuphead. Um, and if we go from here, and I, I think we probably could, I, I would, I could, I think this one probably is a all of us 
just saying Cuphead, even if we might have individual ones that are different, because it's the easy pick here. Typically, yeah, kind of the game that gets the most out of Right. I, I don't know. I mean, if you guys want to make your cases for any of the other ones, I'll hear it. Nah. Dean? Well, I still like Hellblade. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll still be on the you know the top three here. Um, but I think, I, I mean, do you really want to make the, the big argument to try to convince us that it should win over Cuphead or that should just be the winner of this category? Because that, that one, I'm like, I'm not sure. Because I'm like, if Hellblade's going to win, I almost, I'm like, I want Mario or even a bunch of these other ones. I know. I also don't feel super strongly about Hellblade for right. this one. I think its character was much better than maybe its environments. Its environments there's some good, good like art design yeah, and like, enemies and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we should just make this one Cuphead. All right. Yeah, that's that's the sound of Dean being able to be saying, "I can live with that." It's almost Friday evening. Okay. Also, I'm yeah, sleepy. I, I mean, I, we did it though. We did it. Now we just got to do. Now we just got to pick the game of the year, um, and we could do that. We could do that next week. We're yeah, doing we'll do that, that next week. week. Um, so okay, let me just go over these real quick. Oh god, I still got like two hundred games I got to play before yeah. next week. Um, I, can't I think we made, I think we picked this one. So for uh, trend, twenty seventeen was the year of. We'll have to come up with a better name for this, but unpredictable gamer age slash Reddit and YouTube's influence. Right yeah, that's yeah, exactly. It's the name, of, yeah, name of my rollerblade gang. Um, and then uh, who do we pick for? It was a, was it yes, Sinwa for the winner of best new character. I thought it, yeah, I thought it older dudes, but it's not okay. And then most beautiful Cuphead. Cool. Yeah, that that was a uh, that was good work. So, real quick before we get out of here, why don't we tell everybody where they could find us? Rowan, let's start with you. I am guest posting. PC game related stuff at GameSpeed and I'm actually writing stuff that should go up and be readable there, which is nice. How about you, Mike? I, uh, I'm Tokoto on Twitter and I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast uh, every week at ebpodcast.com. I am Dean Tech on Twitter. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter uh, and you can find all my shit there. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Come back tomorrow. We'll have the Game of the Year podcast. And enjoy enjoy your new year. It's coming up super fast. Uh, be safe out there, everybody. And uh, have a good one. Don't listen to him. Be dangerous. It's more fun. Like me, I really am a dangerous person. I'm, I'm an independent.